Well, we're coming to the time where you got to set your clocks back. Probably the nicest week to be an NFL fan here in the UK. And we got a West Coast game. Nice little 8.25-ish start, which is good for us. Me and Sean will break down today's, the, today's, this week's game against the Seattle Seahawks for you here on the Believe in Brits podcast. Go! The way it should be, I guess. Do you know there's something within that which I think resonates with me more and more as the weeks goes on, which is Jim Donovan and prayers up to Jim Donovan. Hope he's doing well. Uh, saying well, it was a struggle, but it's the way it should be, I guess. <laughs> Just seems to be the case week on week, doesn't it, Sean? Oh, it certainly does, mate. It is a struggle, but um, look, so they've been on the right end of the struggle the last couple of weeks, mate. So long may that continue, but yeah, it's uh, it's never plain sailing, is it, mate? That's for sure. Yeah really not and uh, let's jump straight into it we, we're keeping this very much uh ladies and gents to a a quick overlook at uh, overview at the game on sunday um talks about the qb situation have been relegated to what was monday's pod um monday tuesday was one of those days pod anyway so if you look at the one previously you'll see all the uh, the questions as to whether or not we should bring somebody in um whether or not there's something larger at play um you know how long can we keep this going with the current situation we're not going to talk about that today uh, mainly because nothing's really changed you know no one's been brought in there's been some kicking on the tires of Brissett as a as a trade suggestion according to a few different outlets nothing from the actual organization no nothing's moved pj walker is the starter on sunday he was um elevated to the active roster as he was out of practice squad elevations um after hitting three it's a move that we all suspected sean more than most knowing that no one would dare pick him up on waivers um you know uh re- really th- this is the situation we're in sean before i get your take on uh on your initial thoughts for the game on sunday i'll just read out the browns injury report as it's uh come to light in the last hour um Deshaun Watson is out, and then the questionable players on the list, Jerome Ford, of whom they've said they actually surprised, he actually surprised the team with how well he ran on a sprained ankle, but he does have a sprained right ankle, so he's questionable. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, Shani Takitaki, and Jedrick Wills, all questionable. Uh, on the other side, we're still waiting for the Seahawks injury report as of uh, time of recording, which is about quarter past eight on this Friday night here in the UK. Um, hearing that Tyler Lockett is going to be questionable on a couple of other key offensive pieces, a um, couple on defense as well have been out for the Seahawks for a while, of which when you look at it, Sean, when you look at the Seahawks' um, current form and the fact that they'll be down a couple of uh, key offensive players, 
and you look at PJ Walker's one true starter, which was against the 49ers in a true form before a couple of them fell away. It's almost shaping up to be exactly the same thing, just in a much, much more hostile atmosphere. Yeah, obviously on the road, it's going to be totally different, isn't it? And like you say, it's one of those road games, even with your best sort of options, if you like, throughout the roster. It's always a difficult challenge. They obviously talk about the 12th man at Seattle as being a real difference maker. Um, yeah, but with that being said, as you say, I think the fact that you've got Kenneth Walker questionable, as you say, Tyler Lockett questionable, a couple of injuries on the offensive line, you know, particularly on the left-hand side of the line, both the sort of starting left guard and backup left guard, both questionable, as well as the right guard. So it's the interior of the line that's, the, the sort of big issue, if you like, for the Seahawks. Um, it's a game that ultimately, look, you know, let's not try and dress this up. The Browns are missing their starting quarterback, which is the most significant position on the field. They're also missing their star running back, who most would argue is the best player on this offense, potentially the best player on this team. You could have that debate. Um, you know, so you look outside of that, though, and ultimately it's a game that you're looking at and thinking the Browns could win this game. You know, there's a there's a element of, yeah, certain things need to probably go right. Certain things need to go their way. They might need a questionable call that is 50-50. <laughs> I like how we're already putting that in the bag. Might need another bit of help from the Zebras. Yeah, well, look, mate, it's, that's part of the game, isn't it? You know, you want one of those 50-50 calls to be 60-40 in your favour, and sometimes that is the big difference, isn't it? These are tight margins. Both of these teams are 4-2, and two, you know, so they're both teams that have had some impressive performances and have had some disappointing afternoons. I thought the Seahawks on opening day were dreadful. You know, they were absolutely dreadful. Oh, wow. Um, you know, but obviously fallen and one since then. So obviously signs of recovery. But I don't think they've necessarily impressed in the same way that people thought they might. You know, they sort of scrapped to a win last week, and that's kind of been the the mo this year. Um, you know, so it's a game that you know I don't think anyone's expecting the Browns to be blown away in this game. They may well be underdogs. But, you know, on the flip side of that, I don't think anyone is necessarily expecting the Browns are going to go there and get beaten by a couple of touchdowns or anything like that. No, no, I don't think it's going to be that. I mean, that was the expectation with the 49ers, wasn't it? That it would end up being, you know, double digits, maybe even 20 points, all the rest of it. I mean, the bookies, I think, have got it as three and a half in Seattle's favour. You know, a field goal at home shows it's going to be a tight game um just on that and like you say it could come down to again another final drive <laughs> um you know it could yeah. come down to very much who has the ball last yeah most definitely mate. and like i think that's the key thing isn't it you know it's a, it's a three-point swing by the bookies as you say which is essentially home field advantage and as we've touched on a pretty strong home field you know so ultimately you know these are two teams that live on defense the Cleveland offense is ranked 26th. The Seahawks is ranked 23rd. But defensively, the Seahawks are ranked 4th. The Browns are ranked 1st. So, ultimately, this really is a case of two teams where the strength of the teams are essentially the defensive side of the ball. 
it's going to be which defence can create the biggest plays, potentially win that turnover battle, you know, ultimately, you know, going into it at least, it's which it's which offence doesn't lose the game is probably yeah. more the case that we're looking at here, really. Yeah, like you say, who gives up the least? Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's kind of been a trend the last couple, few weeks, really. You know, you look at the Colts game. We gave up less than the Colts in the end. Um, it didn't seem like it for large swathes of it, but um, you know, it ended up being about the turnovers rather than about the yards. Against the 49ers, it was about the yards, not the turnovers. Um, you know, you, you look at that and you look at the last game of which we lost against the Ravens, you know, it that that was about the yards and the turnovers, you know. Defense needs to find a way to keep the ball ahead of them. Um, I think they're looking for a bit of a bounce back. They were disappointed with how last week went, even though they got what we've been looking for for a while, of which is some turnovers and uh, quite uh, quite bulky stat lines, uh, especially for number ninety-five. Um, but they're about keeping the yards limited, keeping the ball in front of them. Um, and, you know, giving the offense a chance to win, you know, it's about saying to your offense, score 21 points. That, you know, we'll help you out, score 21, and that will do you. And, you know, the offense with PJ Walker has shown that they can get around that. So, it, but again, different situation. Lumen Field is a is a nightmare, but A, because of the travel, you know, we are talking an entire continent of which they are flying across in order to participate in, in any case. Um, you know, then you got the 12th man of it all. Uh, the Seahawks will be also um, even more buoyed by the fact that it's their uh, throwback weekend, um, which means that the fans, it, it does boost the fans though. You know, it creates that, that additional bit with the atmosphere. I feel like, Seattle's the one team that doesn't require it, but you know they they will be feeling themselves a little bit. Um, so you, you know, I I personally feel like Philadelphia were feeling themselves a little bit on Monday night against the Dolphins because of the Kelly Green. You know, it's it's stupid and it shouldn't be a, be the case at all. At the end of the day, everyone's professionals and all the rest of it, but you know, you know, we we are seemingly our defense is seemingly buoyed by the fact that they carry a boombox to piss off the 49ers and saw that as one of the one of the keys to victory against them. So, you know, in a in a in a sport where pettiness rules, you know, you look at that and you think, oh, maybe there's something to it. But no, gotta be party spoilers, got to just have efficient play, you know, you know, create a game plan that you can execute without too much issue. Do not turn the ball over. Lean on your defense and, you know, force Geno Smith into some terrible decisions because he's got that in his arsenal. And if you can unlock that, and if you can get up early, you know, you can have some fun. Yeah, I think I think Geno Smith this year has played quite safe, I would say, if I was trying mm -hmm. to describe it, I think he's played quite within himself. If you look at his like yards per attempt and yards per game, his longest pass of the season is still only thirty-six yards. So that oh, probably I tells you. Joe yeah, it, it, it kind of tells you what the Seahawks have been about this year in terms of on offense. Um, you know, I think Kenneth Walker is a big difference for the money plays. 
he's the only person that's run a touchdown in this season for them. Um, you know, so if he doesn't go, which, you know, it's sort of trending that direction, obviously we'll only get the final sort of actives and inactives about an hour and a half before kickoff, but Kenneth Walker not going is huge, really, when it comes to the Seahawks because they've scored 13 touchdowns this year, six on the ground, seven through the air. So <laughs> Kenneth Walker's got basically half of their touchdowns this year. So he's a huge piece of what they do. Um, so that will be a really interesting one to keep a lookout for. Um, <clears throat> I think people are expecting big things from Jackson, Smith and Jigba. Um, obviously drafted high Ohio State, so obviously a lot of Browns fans have a, a sort of instant sort of love and connection with him. Obviously the fact that he played in the state, but it hasn't really worked, has it? Let's be honest, he's averaged just under 8.6 yards per target, which isn't what you were expecting. Um, you know, DK Metcalf still seems to be the big piece on the offence. But ultimately, as we said, this is going to be strength against strength, isn't it? So they're going to be going up against that sort of pretty formidable Browns cornerback room, you know, in terms of Ward, Newsom, Emerson. Obviously, the back end has been much improved this year and in terms of Delpit's play has been elevated. You've got Thornhill, which seems like a massive upgrade on John Johnson. You know, we haven't seen any sort of real blown coverages or anything like that. So... You know, Thornhill's been obviously a huge addition. Um, yeah, so the Browns really seemingly stack up pretty well against what this Seahawks offense offers. Um, the Seahawks' own line's not the greatest, you know, so there's an opportunity potentially to get to Gino. He's suffered 13 sacks in his six games so far. Um, you know, so on average, you know, a couple per game. Again, this defense takes it up a notch. There's obviously yeah, pressure. I was going to say, you might as well double that. Exactly that, mate. So, you know, like I say, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm overly confident because I think it's one of those where there's enough wrong on the offensive side of the ball for the Browns to be concerned because you never think the Browns are going to go and blow somebody away, particularly with PJ Walker starting, and we'll probably touch on the offensive side of the ball shortly, but, you know. There's enough rug on the offense to worry that even as well as the defense may play, as it's been proved, if you put the defense out there long enough, eventually it'll wear down. Eventually yes. they'll find a way. You know, so ultimately, you know, I'd expect the defense to play well, but the offense needs to keep its end of the bargain. And if nothing else, it at least needs to manage the field position game and the time of possession game pretty well so that there's not too much pressure on this defence to try and have to win through the takeaways, which is ultimately what they did last week. Yeah, that's something of which um, I was impressed enough with in terms of how uh, Stefanski changed up his game plan when PJ Walker came in last week. You know, he, he made sure that there was enough runs put in there, made sure that we were looking to take time off the clock. Um, you know, focus on small plays rather than looking to get to the down marker every time. Um, I think that if, especially on the road, you know, instigating that sort of sort of game plan and, you know, just chipping away, like you say, winning the field position battle, it doesn't matter scoring points in every drive, but if you can get to about the 40 yard line, 
um, you know, at our 40-yard line in order to punt over um, towards their 10-yard line, for example, you are winning that battle. You are saying to the Seahawks, you're going to have to deal with our defense all the way down that stretch in order to get points. Are you sure you can do that? And if, you, you know, you put them inside their five-yard line, the Colts learned all about that last week. You know, you you, you don't want to do that. You know, Jim Schwartz is not afraid to, to take you at that end of the field. So that's when it becomes... I think that if you have Deshaun Watson out there, obviously you are constantly looking to get into the end zone or at the very least the red zone. So you're scoring threes and sevens. I think that with PJ Walker, and like you say, it's about trusting your defense, but not overloading your defense, getting to at least the 40, burning a lot of clock. Um, trusting Dustin Hopkins. I mean, my God, D Hop has been, I mean, you sing loudest about him out of any of us here. You know, he, he's been money. You know, I, I can see him having another massive role on Sunday. Um, you, you know, it's about trusting everybody else to do their job and to do enough. Um, do I, you know, am I confident about Sunday? Not necessarily. Do I think that we'll be playing meaningful football in the fourth quarter? Absolutely. You know, I think it's going to be another one where it's going to come down to a score. Uh, the bookies have got three and a half on Seahawks, which is about, I'd say it's about right right now. Um, but realistically, you're talking about going down the other end if you've got the ball with two minutes to go and doing what you've done the last two games. Exactly that, mate. And that's, that's exactly where I was going to go because <clears throat> I think it will be helpful that they know or they knew as of Wednesday, PJ Walker starts this game. Now we debated it on the pod earlier in the week, and I think I just think it's it's the right thing. You can't go into a game thinking, "Is this guy going to start? Is he not going to start?" Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, you wanted that designation early. I liked having the designation early, and I also like that there's a bit more transparency around the injury as well. Now we now yeah. know. The reason why Deshaun's sitting out is because swelling has increased from that game, right? He needs to sit out. He'll probably sit out next week against Arizona, or at least he should, you know, get himself to a point where it fixes it. Apparently, by the end of the Arizona game, that'll be six weeks from when he originally tore it, which means he should be mended by that point. And only then do you look at putting him back in. But like you say, having that means that you can actually build the game plan around PJ. Exactly that. I mean, it, it raises some questions as to what you played last week. It wasn't the most vicious of hits that he took. You know, it's it could have been a lot worse, let's put it that way. But look, let, let's put that in the rearview mirror. It is what it is. You know, ultimately, the decision has been made. PJ Walker starts. As I said the other day in our WhatsApp group, I think it's nice that he gets the full week of reps. It's nice that he obviously gets the game plan. Um it's not as good a defence in some aspects as the 49ers. It's pretty phenomenal against the rush. You know, it's the number one defence against the run. So, you know, let's give it its dues where it's deserved. You know, so that means that PJ Walker is going to have to do a bit through the air. You know, it's as simple as that. They're a, they're a defence that has generated plenty of pressure. They've got 23 sacks so far on the year. 
Um, you know, so they are a team that does get pressure on the quarterback by comparison, considering how dominant the Browns have appeared to be. Yes, they've played one less. Uh, sorry, now they've played the same amount of games because the Seahawks have had the bye as well. Um, yeah. The Browns have got 19 sacks, so the Seahawks are actually, you know, getting getting to the quarterback at least with more regularity. Um, you know, so it's it's a game that the that the defense is going to have to play well. It's a game that the offense is going to have to do just about enough. It's a game that special teams are going to have to keep firing on all cylinders. But as you say, ultimately, mate, we can preview this till the cows come home. It's just got that absolute feeling of who's got the ball last, who's got a chance to go and win the game. I will be gobsmacked if we get to the fourth quarter and this game is a blowout. It just absolutely has the feeling of a final possession. Can either the Browns hold on or can the Browns go and put a score on the board? Um, you know, so bring it on. Great time, as you said earlier, mate, for the kickoff, eight. 8.05 UK time. Oh, is it 8.05? 8.05 start. Yeah, 8.05. So absolutely perfect, really. Yeah, you'll be sort of looking at, you know, probably 11 to 11.30, um, you know, in terms of the finish time. So absolutely spot on. Um, so, yeah, really, really looking forward to it, mate. Really, uh, I think it should be a really, really interesting game as well. Two, two really decent sides, I think. Two really decent sides. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna press you for a prediction. I think that that's as good as a prediction as we're gonna get. Which is, ask me in the fourth quarter, and even <laughs> then, don't ask me in the fourth quarter. Um, but uh, no, I'm I'm pretty much the same as you there, mate. Um, there's some interesting games throughout the league as well um, to watch in the early window, uh, including uh, Pittsburgh against uh, who have Pittsburgh got again? Got again? I've just previewed this on the. Um, the Steelers have got the Jags, mate. Steelers are the Jags. Out. That's right. Yeah, yeah the Jags yeah. are going to Heinz Field or Accra Shore or whatever the hell they've called it now. But uh, that'll be an interesting game to watch in the early window. Um, and then you've got um, Baltimore and Cincy both in the uh, late window with us. So it's going to be interesting to to watch those games unfold. Cincinnati have got the 49ers, which is probably going to be headed up by Sam Darnold. So. If Joe Burrow can't beat Sam Darnold, I don't think you have to worry about the Bengals this season. And the uh, the Ravens have got the Arizona Cardinals, so I wouldn't worry about them too much. They're going to win that one probably with some comfort. If not, you don't have to worry about Lamar Jackson this season either, no matter what they did to Detroit. Um, so, you know, apart from the, the early game against Pittsburgh, you can sit back, relax, and focus on the Browns, folks. Um, I think we'll leave it there, Sean, mate. Like you say, we could preview this until the cows come home, but really, it's probably going to come down to the fourth quarter anyway. So, uh, you know, pointless talking too much more on it now. Yeah, it's definitely got that feel, mate. Like you say, it's um, it's a game that I think at the start of the week when the news came out with the show, most people sort of instantly sort of was like, yeah, well, let's just chalk up a loss. But, you know, the Seahawks haven't been putting up trees, mate. So, you know, it's a game that, you know, we're probably right to be three and a half point underdogs. But on the flip side of it, as you say, nine and a half point underdogs to the uh, 49ers a couple of weeks ago. And we know what happened there. So full of confidence, full of optimism and fingers crossed, mate. It'll be a, another excellent weekend. And hopefully let's make it three in a row, mate, because uh, there's nothing better than stacking these back to back. Yes, stacking them back to back in unlikely scenarios just doesn't seem like us, but we keep doing it. Right, that's us for today. We'll be back. Uh, we definitely won't be doing a Sunday one. 
considering it will be about a half 11 finish. So um, either Monday afternoon or Tuesday night, keep a, keep your ear out for, uh, for that. Um, follow us on Believe in Brit and uh, on Twitter, X and Facebook. Uh, and until then, we will see you after the Seahawks game. Thank you, everyone, and go Browns. 